But today we will talk about uh, <coughs> eternal perspective that gives the right focus on life. Uh, I want to ask you, when was the last time you thought about eternity? Or when did you discuss about Jesus' second coming with someone else? Um, or when did you think about the judgment day last time? Was it uh, yesterday or was it a long time ago? I don't know. Uh, what I know that the early Christians, they thought about it a lot. They, I've studied uh, the first Corinthians while I've prepared the sermon, and it's on every page. You cannot basically find one page without um, Paul talking about the day of judgment and Jesus coming back. Also, the in every revival movement, uh, revival or in a new Christian movement, it is basically always it's a strong waiting for the Lord to come back. And in, in old good hymns, you know the always the last verse, it's about heaven. We are always, we all songs just have to end with a, with a heavenly perspective and eternity perspective. Um, and today I want to lift this subject up. And, uh, and I do it uh, from the first Corinthians. And uh, also to keep this teaching in balance, I want to say that the first in First Corinthians, Paul teaches also about very good and healthy marriage. He teaches uh, about church on earth, and he t uh, teaches about, um, for example, how to deal with disagreements among believers. So I don't want you to... I want I wish that this teaching would come within into your normal practical everyday life and that we would have this perspective there in the midst of all um, in our lives. Uh, we start reading uh, from the chapter 1 uh, verse 7. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. Praise God, he is faithful. And my first point is, I, I have a few pictures, is that God has called us to into fellowship with Jesus Christ. Uh, when we Christians, when we received Christ into our lives, when we decided to follow Jesus, when we asked forgiveness of our sins, and received his grace and received his righteousness into our lives. We decided to fellowship with Jesus Christ. And 
we cannot fellowship with Jesus and fellowship with the world at the same time. You have to choose. Either, the Bible is very clear about it, either we fellowship with Jesus or then we fellowship with the world. World desires and, and uh, to please our own flesh and, and uh, live in the kingdom of Satan. But when we want to fellowship with Jesus, and that's what God has called us to do, then we don't follow the world, but we decide to fellowship with Jesus. And in the Bible, it is said that Jesus has called us out of the world, that we don't belong to this world anymore, but our citizenship is in heaven. And uh, uh, it is ta- it changes us. We we are different than the normal uh, um, worldly people on this earth. And Jesus wants us to be strong in our faith, like we read, and He wants us to keep us blameless, that we are holy and we are. We live in, in the fellowship with him until the end. And, <coughs> and, and that we keep our body as the holy temple of the spirit of God. Um, and also we read that, that we eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ. It is a character of a Christian that I- it belongs to us as Christians, that we eagerly wait for Jesus to come back. I want to read from uh, Matthew chapter 6. I think this, uh, uh, these few verses, they picture our what it means to fellowship with Jesus. Uh, Matthew 6, chapter 31. So do you not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. I don't know what you do during the days. <laughs> what I do is I take care of my kids, <coughs> and I am quite often home, but also I, I, I'm quite social, so I like to meet other moms, and I, lo- and I meet all kinds of moms. And, and this is the exactly things what all moms are talking about. What shall we make for dinner today? Do you have some good recipes? What, where do you get the nicest clothes and what's the newest fashion and where to get a nice holiday? Do you have any tips for that? And, and wha- what would be a nice place to live? And where is a nice party place for this? This is what women in my circles worry about. I don't know what men talk about, but this is exactly what women <laughs> talk about. Pagans, people that don't know Jesus, they are focused to live on this earth, to get as much out of this world, to get as famous in this world as possible, and to 
experience the coolest thing on this earth. And we believers, we are also tempted to live like that. But, but the word of God says that don't worry about these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Put God first. Seek Jesus first. Fellowship with Jesus first. And then he has promised that when we put him first in our priorities, his kingdom first, then he will take care of our earthly needs. And when I was preparing this, I felt that someone needs to hear this, what I'm going to say now. He, when he will take care of your needs on this earth, he doesn't come like Jesus 2,000 years ago, uh, giving you sandals and this rope that they used 2,000 years ago and say that, well, I made it with that, those sandals and ropes, so you will too. No, he knows that you live in 2017 and you live in Finland where it's cold. He knows how the culture is. He knows what you need today. And he will take care of your needs if you put him first, if you focus on godly things, if you focus on that that is eternal and, and um, uh, in his kingdom. Amen? Yes, then we continue. We go to the chapter 3 uh, and uh, read uh, from, start to read from verse 9. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. My second point is that we are called to be God's fellow workers. And he will reward his faithful servants. Uh, <coughs> God has called us to build with him, to be his fellow workers. And let's start with the foundation. Uh, Paul says that the foundation is already laid. Let's remember this. 
don't start to build any new foundation. That is already laid, and that is Jesus Christ. And whether you want to work for the kingdom of God or not, if you stand on that foundation, that is Jesus Christ. If you have received Christ into your life as your Savior, you will be saved. You will be saved. But God also wants us to work with him and build his kingdom. He, he has a purpose for your life on this earth. And he wants us to build, build the kingdom of God. And uh, so how it is to build, build the kingdom of God? Uh, how it is to build a house? I don't know, is anybody here that has built a house? Yeah, so you know, you know what kind of project it is to build a house. Um, I don't know nothing about <laughs> building a house. I can hardly maybe paint something. If, if my husband pays the paint for me and <laughs> makes everything ready, then I can do like this. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Um, but when we moved to Finland, uh, back to Finland, we bought an old house. It is a 50 years old house. So uh, there has been a little uh <laughs> or a bigger need for, for renovation in that house. And I've learned something through that process. I mean, we have changed the kitchen and some walls to different places and... I've learned that to, to build, you have to first make a plan. You have to calculate the, the cost and uh, think if you are willing to pay that price for it. And you need a lot of time. It takes always longer time than you think. Just double or triple the time than you first think it will take. It takes always long time and you need a lot of patience to to build it takes a lot of patience to build you know you need to find out things you need knowledge and you need counselors you need other people you need to build together and that's how it is to build the kingdom of god too it's it's not something that you get a nice idea and then you know it just happens. No, it's it's hard work. It is something that we it, it requires a decision that I want to do this. I want to build the kingdom of God. I am willing. God, here I am. Where where do you want me to serve? What can I do? I don't know what God wants you to do, but I'm sure He will talk to you when you pray and read the bible and fellowship with him or you can and also he has given us the the his will in the word of god we can also just take steps forward and and start to build together and with him we can build something great together my son ate grapes uh, this week he loves them and then when there is, you know, this branch left, and then 
he he's too old as time passed to his mom so he has to walk to the garbage himself and then on the way he is walking to the garbage he gets an idea he he sees something uh, he he thinks that or there is something left out of one grape and uh, and he turns to me and he's like smiling and and he he really something really clicked you know and and he comes to me and says like mom is there is there a new grape growing out of this trash and i'm the boring mom i'm like no i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry but no no there is it nothing is growing out of that and He's five and a half years old, so he has another question. You know what that is? That is why <laughs> for about everything. So then I think for a second uh, and I answer him that, Benjamin, it is impossible because that branch was cut out of the wine. And that's how it is with us too. If we want to bring fruit, if we want to build something with God, we need to um, fellowship with Jesus. Jesus says that you are a branch and I am a wine and without me you can do nothing. Nothing. We need fellowship with Jesus Christ. We need his life and his love so that we can build something that will last uh, on this judgment day. First Corinthians 13 and 3 says, If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but I have not love, I gain nothing. We, c we can't do anything, we cannot build anything that lasts if we don't first fellowship with Jesus. Uh, let him fill us with his love. And then if we serve him, not out of guilt, but out of love, because he first loved us, and then we can serve him and build the church together, then we can really build something wonderful together for his glory. Amen. Uh, let's go to the chapter 9 <coughs> and read from verse 24. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. 
can I get a picture? I have a, um, a there is a picture coming, yes, of a Norwegian um, um, cross-country skier. Her name is Marit Björgen. I don't know, Finns maybe now. Skiing is extremely popular in Norway. So in my family, we have to, <laughs> uh, it's important to follow uh, skier, yeah, skiing. Marit Björgen is, uh, she by the way, she's not the one that has uh, problems with using lipstick. She's Marit is another one. Marit Björgen is 36 years old. And she has won six gold medals in Olympics. And 18 gold medals in world championships. I think she looks also like she has been training a few hours. She also, she got a baby in December 2015. It's like one year and three, four months ago. And last month in February, she won four gold medals in Lahti. I tell you, <laughs> that woman has some strict training and she does it to win medal, gold medal in Olympics or uh, all world championships and to get some fame in this world. But the Paul says here that we go into strict training and we can beat our bodies and be disciplined, not for the sake to get some little metal goals on this earth, but to get a crown in heaven. That should be our goal. To hear Jesus say when we come to him that you faithful good servant, that's what we are, that's our prize. We want to get the, you know, picture that for yourself. That I want to get that crown. I want to get the biggest, the perfect, the, the diamonds. That's the crown I want to get in heaven for eternity. That should be our perspective. That's where we will be. That's where you want to be a king. You don't want to be king on this earth. You want to be king in, in eternity. And uh, we need to remind of ourselves of this, that uh, it's not the nicest clothes or the nicest car or something on this earth that is really important. It is that I run and I, and I even discipline myself. I go into strict training. I'm a bit hard on myself so that I will something that will last in eternity. Is it okay to talk about discipline in church, not just grace, but, but be sometimes a bit hard on yourself. Be gracious to others, merciful to others, but be hard on yourself sometimes. 
Amen. Uh, then I have the last point. Um, I mean, it's very simple, but it's very important for us to think about it and it sometimes. And then my third point is that we will see Jesus face to face. We will see him. That day will come. Jesus promised that he would come. He will come one day. And he will keep his promise. I don't know if it happens tomorrow, if it happens today, if it happens in 10 years or a thousand years. But I know and I'm convinced that he will come back. And when he will come, well, let's read the verse first. <laughs> uh, we go to the chapter 15 to continue then. Uh, we uh, read from chapter 15 and from the verse 51. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with this imperishable and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He will come. He will come. And he won't come as the little baby and a humble king, humble king when he comes back. But when he comes back, he will come as the Lord of lords and the king of kings. He will come in the clouds and he will come as the, the, the Lord. He will come. He is the, the majestic Lord. You know, he, he will come. It, it will be amazing. It will be an amazing day when we will see him come in clouds. And he will come as the one that has no ego. And he will come as the one that has no rival. And he will come and everybody will see that he is the Lord. He is the one that went to the cross for you and me, and he won the victory and gave even us victory of death so that even we will rise up on that day. And the word of God says that that day 
every knee shall bow and every confess that he is Lord. And he will come and we and I think it will be wonderful to see his glory and his love and and how amazing he really is to see him face to face. Uh, in the chapter 13, uh, Paul says that now we see like, like a poor reflection in a mirror, but then we will see face to face. Then we will see how, how he really is. I will, uh, Paul ends First Corinthians saying, Come, O Lord. Let that be also our prayer now. Come, O Lord. Let us, let us eagerly wait for his coming. May God change our hearts to, to wait for his will to come on this earth happen and also that he will come as the Lord of Lord and King of Kings. Can we uh, stand up? Can we, maybe we can worship and we can first pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. We want to worship you today. Hallelujah. We want to glorify your name, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We, we thank you, Jesus, that you took my sins and that you went to the cross and you died for me. And we thank you that you rose up from the dead and you you paid you won the victory for us so that one day we can rise up with you and we can be changed and live eternity with you Jesus Christ hallelujah lord i ask that really study our heart jesus right now study our hearts and and show us what you want us to do how you want us to serve you lord Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that you speak into hearts today. Ha and Lord, I, I ask that you'd really give a new focus for us, new focus in life, Lord, new perspective, Lord. What is really important in my life, Lord? What is, what is something that will last? What is eternal, Lord? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence, Lord. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness, Jesus Christ. We want to worship you because you are our Savior. You are our Savior and you are our Lord. We want to worship you, Lord. Worship you, worship you, Jesus Christ. There is no other name that has, has, has salvation in it than your name, Jesus Christ. We put our hope on into your name that one day, one day we will see you, Jesus, and we will be saved and we can spend eternity with you singing hallelujah, singing worship to you, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen.